Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I make you as God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and your brother Aaron shall speak to Pharaoh that he let the sons of Israel go out of his land. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and I may multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. When Pharaoh does not listen to you, then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring out my hosts, my people, the sons of Israel, from the land of Egypt by great judgments. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the sons of Israel from their midst. So Moses and Aaron did it as the Lord commanded them. Thus they did. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, when Pharaoh speaks to you saying, work a miracle, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh, that it may become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh, and thus they did, just as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron threw his staff down before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called for the wise men and the sorcerers, and they also, the magicians of Egypt, did the same with their secret arts. For each one threw down his staff, and they turned into serpents. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Yet Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not listen to them, as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is stubborn. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning as he is going out to the water, and station yourself to meet him on the bank of the Nile. And you shall take in your hand the staff that was turned into a serpent. You shall say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, sent me to you, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. But behold, you have not listened until now. Thus says the Lord, But by this you shall know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will strike the water that is in the Nile with the staff that is in my hand, and it will be turned to blood. The fish that are in the Nile will die, and the Nile will become foul. And the Egyptians will find difficulty in drinking water from the Nile. Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over their rivers, over their streams, and over their pools, and over all the reservoirs of water, that they may become blood. And there will be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. So Moses and Aaron did even as the Lord had commanded. And he lifted up the staff and struck the water that was in the Nile, in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants. And all the water that was in the Nile was turned to blood. The fish that were in the Nile died, and the Nile became foul, so that, so that the Egyptians could not drink water from the Nile. And the blood was through all the land of Egypt. But the magicians of Egypt did the same with their secret arts, and Pharaoh's heart was hardened. And he did not listen to them, as the Lord had said. Then Pharaoh turned and went into his house with no concern even for this. So all the Egyptians dug around the Nile for water to drink, for they could not drink of the water of the Nile. Seven days passed after the Lord had struck the Nile. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated. Plague of blood. <laughs> Hello. Okay. Test. Mic test. Right, I'm sorry about that. A plague of blood. The Israelites blamed Moses 
for the heavier workload that Pharaoh imposed upon them. Moses and Aaron spoke to Pharaoh in behalf of God. They said, let my people go. Pharaoh's reaction was unpleasant to the Israelites. Moses asked God, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Moses thought that when God sent him, after he demanded from Pharaoh, let my people go, he thought it was going to be better. Instead, it got worse. The lives of the people he wanted to help got worse. So Moses was, for a while, discouraged and borrowing the word from the announcement, depressed for a while. Why did this happen? Then, instead of comforting Moses, well, God did comfort Moses, but how did God comfort Moses? He said the same things. He said the same things. Go to Pharaoh, tell Israel, I will deliver them. I will help them. Tell Israel that. And that's it. It's no masaji, masaji. It's just, I will do what I will do. That is the comfort you will receive. And now go and do your work. Speak to Pharaoh. I am God Almighty. I am Yahweh. I am El Shaddai of Abraham. I will deliver you. So to give confidence to Moses, God reminded him of who he was. And that strengthens me just to remember who God is every day of my life. That he is God who will take care of me. He's God who will provide for me. He's God who tests me to strengthen my faith. He's God who allows me to go through the fire that like precious stones, I will be more pure after that. He's a God who is like the potter and I am the clay that I must be molded, that I may be transformed into his image. He is that God. He's a God who says, my burden is light, so I'd rather carry the burden of the Lord than the burden of the world. He said, my burden is light, come to me. He is that same person. So... The comfort we receive if ever you go through a difficult time, one is what God already said. What God already said. It's a matter of really cultivating our hearts to receive it, our minds to accept it, and our whole lives to obey it, spirit, soul, and body. God would make Moses focus on the task at hand which was to once again address Pharaoh. This will happen again and again and again and again. I don't know, maybe if I were Moses, if I were weak like Moses, I would say, is this really the pattern again and again and again? And in this particular situation, yes. In fact, I remember uh, when I was studying prayer, where Jesus once said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened. When I was studying the original language, you know what it really meant? It's not just ask. Remember, when we study scriptures, we are not just repeating what the Bible says. That is the most shallow form. We look for what the intent of the author was. What was the meaning of the text? What Jesus meant was this in the original, ask 
and keep on asking. Which is very aligned to what the other apostles thought about praying fervently. Seek, ask and keep on asking and, it, and you shall find the answer. Seek and keep on seeking and you shall find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door shall be opened. That's the original. That's why we believe in continuous intense prayer. We keep knocking until the door opens. We are to be persistent in prayer. It's not like I've prayed for it already. Sure, you may. In simpler things, thank God for the food. You've thanked God for the food already. But in more important things like crisis, transformation, change that happens to us and others in our community or other people. In praying for a nation, Moses would keep doing it again and again and again. And he will keep coming back to God in prayer. But as time goes on, his faith will grow such that he would have the confidence to raise his staff and the Red Sea will open. Of course, even before that, he would be asking God, huh? Oh, why did you bring us here? Actually, it was the Israelites asking, why did you bring us here to die? Friends, if ever you are confused, to achieve clarity, empty your mind of every thought that's there. Try to empty your emotions. I know it's hard if you don't have practice. But sit quietly and breathe. And then remember what God said. If you have been reading the Bible, the Holy Spirit can use what you put in your mind. But if you have not read your Bible, go to the Bible. Because the Holy Spirit uses God's Word in us to transform us. Without God's Word in us, or with very little of God's Word in us, He has very few to use. Yes, sometimes he uses other people like a Sunday message. Please take note, whenever we preach a message here, we preach encouragement and we preach correction to ourselves. So every preacher here must be doing that. Not just encouragement, encouragement, encouragement. You're doing nothing wrong. That's not biblical either. It's saying what we need to improve and how we may be inspired by faith. It is both. Moses went through this. It wasn't happily ever after for Moses. Because despite the signs and wonders, Pharaoh will still re refuse. But God will use the stubbornness of Pharaoh to reveal his glory to the world at that time. To the known world. Of Israel at that time God would sometimes use our obstacles to show forth his glory God would sometimes use our problems to show forth his glory that's why my friends when there is a problem we can either crumble why did this happen to me or we can say Lord I'm watching I want to see your glory in my problem Again, and every time I say that, I wait for his time. And it has happened again and again and again and again. 
So I thought, why so downcast, oh my soul? I can hope in God. I can anchor myself in what he said. Why look on the external when I know the bigger picture? And the bigger picture is, or the biggest picture is, God himself. The Bible said he fills the whole earth and the whole universe. He fills everything. My God is bigger than any problem. Your God is bigger than any problem you will face. That's why the more mature believer would be less moved. Not easily moved emotionally and mentally. But yeah, we're still humans. I understand that. Sometimes you feel down, but we don't stay down forever because we, we understand who God is. Sometimes we feel bad, but we don't feel bad for a long time. Sometimes a crisis happens, and I know some of us have been through that. A very deep crisis, and God has sustained you until now because you keep hoping in Him. And that's how to do it. You keep trusting in Him until such time you no longer want to control your future. You surrender it to God. Because I trust that my God has something good for me, whether in heaven or on earth. <laughs> if in heaven sooner, the Apostle Paul said, to die is actually a gain. To live is for Christ, but to die is gain. To die is good, if it is God's will. But please do not be in a hurry. Yes, we need some lessons on this. As it was announced about suicide and depression, it's a very important thing. And it comes as a silent killer that many of us don't know. For some of us who have experienced it and have been to the brink, including myself, have been to the brink of wanting to stop it all because of the pain within our hearts and our minds, there is hope in God. There is hope. That's all I want to say to you. There is hope. But there are many things that cause it. Sometimes physical, sometimes environmental, in your own environment. Sometimes it's within the family. Sometimes it's genetical. Sometimes it's social. At times because the body is failing. You know, whenever... I lack sleep. I somehow have a shorter temper. Did you feel that? The same way when you're hungry, right? Desperately hungry. You seem to have a shorter temper. Nasan yung pandesal dito? Because you are... Uh, there's actually a term for that. I heard that from my sermon. I'm hangry. So, uh, hungry, that's angry. <laughs> Looking for food. But even as time goes on, you learn to mature, and even though you are hungry and lack sleep, you just remind yourself, uh, maybe it's time to fast, right, when there's no food. You think about, okay, uh, this is not the way I want it to happen, but then you say, God's will be done. There is a purpose why this thing happened. We didn't want this thing to happen. We did our best to prevent this thing to happen. But this thing has happened. Then you come to the point, because you studied Romans, 
You come to the point to believe that before something has happened, perhaps at this event and this particular situation, it might have been ordained already. <clears throat> Peter Kairos was here preaching last year. When I met him in his office, because I did some strategic planning for, their, for CBN Asia, I said, I remember one of your sermons long time ago. I cannot even remember the year. But I was there, but you didn't know me. I was one in the crowd, one of many thousands. And you were preaching this message. You wanted a house, a really cute little house, somewhere I believe in, perhaps it was in, in Kansas City. And you prayed for that house. You saved money for that house. But when you were about to give the down payment, the owner said, I'm sorry, somebody just paid ahead of you. And that depressed him for a while. And he even said, Lord, why? I have served you. He was thinking in human terms, not in spiritual terms. I have served you. That's the thing that I, that I just wanted. I've been praying for. Why did you not give it to me? Immature emotions. Then <clears throat> he got another house and he said he had to paint it by himself because he's saving money. He couldn't hire a painter. He painted by himself. And when he painted it by himself, still in his heart, why? Till one time he was driving around and he said to his wife, Christine, why don't we just pass by because that house is so nice. I just want to see it for the last time. When they passed by and lo and behold, the whole block was burned down. When God says no, it's no. Who knows better? Who loves you more, yourself or God? I tell you, God loves you more than you love yourself. If he says no to a prayer, then it's no. Amen? Amen. You still want a yes, right? All the time. I was about to get married to another woman, not my wife. Then I felt God say no. Everything seemed perfect, seemed on the outside. But when I reread my Bible again to look for guidance, some, some, many things came up. And then when I sought pastoral counsel, there are some pastors who just say, yeah, go ahead, do it, do it now. Bad advice. And those who would say, wait and pray, discern God's will. Are you ready to give everything up? And I'm glad I was talking to that one versus the others who would say, no, everybody's like that, just continue. And then they get married and they have a lifetime of regret. So every time they see that pastor, they want to kill that pastor. <laughs> you got me into this mess. How can I get out? Pastor, you can't get out. <clears throat> and you know what? 
I am so happy God said no at that time. Because I would wait again. Take note, not in a hurry to replace. Mm -hmm. To wait. Read the scriptures. Follow the leading of, of some spiritual leaders. Until such time. And I can say, by God's grace, by God's grace, I am glad he said no once upon a time. Because when God closes a door, he opens another one. If God doesn't do it your way, he will create another way. Perhaps the way of Israel and Moses was march out of Egypt singing with Egyptians playing music for them. But no, God's plan was different. God's plan would be a struggle and a fight. Where they would see the glory of God. And sometimes each of us, we have our own struggle and fight within. Even within our own families, we all have that. But I say to you, trust God, trust His Word. Remain to be patient. Yet persistent in praying for God's will. But patient in the surroundings that you have. Patient within your heart, even about others. Lord, kailan ba siya magbabago? When will my spouse change, O oh Lord? When my, will my child change, O oh Lord? Lord, when will my parents learn your word? My friends, let us be patient. That's why I'm still happy when I see any one of you. Amen? Sometimes I should be depressed like Moses when I meet some of you. I should be saying, why, Lord, why? Why has this person not grown for so long? I don't want to meet this person anymore. I could react that way or I can smile because from the time you started until now, God has still, I could still see some improvement. But that God is truly changing us, improving us. We're still far away, but I'm seeing the hand of God already. To those who surrender themselves to Jesus Christ our Lord. So God commanded Moses to speak to Pharaoh, and, Pharaoh to, and Moses told Aaron, Go, say, let my people go, and show the sign and the wonder. The staff was thrown uh, to the ground, and it became a snake. And then the magicians of Pharaoh did the same thing. We can also do that. So they did the same. But the, the amazing spectacle was the staff that Moses had, the snake, ate their other snakes. Here's the thing, false miracles will happen, but they will not compare to the power of God. There are many miracles in the world, but not all miracles are of God. Yes, they can be of the devil, that is true. They can be of man, because man is powerful in himself. He has the image of God, and, but a distorted image of God if it's without Christ. But the power of God is greater. Number two, Pharaoh's magicians did the same thing. They turned their staffs to serpents, but Aaron's serpents swallowed their serpents. Pharaoh would refuse. <clears throat> Pharaoh would be stubborn. Oh, we can also do that. That's not amazing. But there will come a time that he could, his magicians could not do what God was doing. But yet he would still be stubborn. Pharaoh was stubborn. Because God would show his glory. He has allowed this struggle to happen. To show his glory. 
What God needed was a servant to spearhead. I believe God looks for His servants. He raises people so that they can execute God's plan. So that they can do God's will. I believe God will raise people in the last days. And I hope it's we're one of them. For what purpose? That way we may deliver the message of Christ to others. That there may be transformation. That people may experience freedom. We have to say is repent and believe in the gospel. Believe in what Jesus did on the cross. It is a relationship rather than a religion. Man can have many religions. But a relationship is a different thing. It's not a competition of religion. On judgment day, it's not about which religion won. It's about your conscience and your heart and you having a relationship with Him. The question is, is it real? Do we have that relationship with Him? Or is this just another religion where you come Sunday after Sunday listening to something you don't even want to apply or you just passively listening to something whether you apply or not? I don't know. Or are you one who would say, Lord, if this is your word, amen, hallelujah, I will do it by God's grace. It may seem impossible, but by faith it will be possible. By faith. Pharaoh would refuse. Moses would be rejected again. Wow, Moses. See, Moses ran away, right, because he killed an Egyptian. But before that, he was son of Pharaoh's daughter. He probably got what he wanted. When he came there, he, he helped the, the daughters of a priest of Midian. He didn't know. Then he was given a place to rest, a place to work. But still, he often got his way. Then he was rejected. Are you okay emotionally if you are rejected? Or you feel the world crumble? Some people can't take rejection. Some people are the opposite. They're too callous with too much rejection. Because of Pharaoh's refusal, number three, God sends a plague of blood. So he refused. And there was this drama by the Nile. <laughs> it's good for a movie, by the way. Aaron waiting. Aaron saying, warning him. Pharaoh would refuse. Then the rod of God would transform the water into blood. Water into blood. And there was blood everywhere. There was blood everywhere. Even in, their, in the home. There was blood everywhere. Oh wow. Some people can't see blood, right? They faint. When they see blood, they get dizzy. Is that blood? So you just say, no, 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 that's cranberry juice. Uh, that's not blood. You can actually drink it, try it. Put sugar on it. There's just blood everywhere. And I was trying to imagine for the last few days of that kind of life, being in the plague for seven days, taking a shower, I was thinking, in the moder if it's modernized, I would cover it in blood. I want to open the faucet. It's blood. Everything's blood. It was bloody Egypt. 
Pharaoh would let his people suffer. He was still stubborn. He would not let go of his labor force. His cheap labor force. Very cheap labor force. He would not let go. The sad truth of how big economies are made. Cheap labor. That's in economics. The magicians would do a similar thing. Funny, these magicians. They would say, I can do that too. But they could not change it, transform it. They could not reverse what God did. They could not turn back the plague of blood or, or the bloody Nile. They could not turn it back to water. But they can just say, look, 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 water. Mm. Actually, with some powder. Like the alchemists, right? They use powder. I can do that too. Give me a glass of water. I'll pour something in it. It'll turn red. That's why I went. Let me just speak on the side. When Jesus in John chapter 2 turned the water to wine, it was really wine. Okay. Some people, because they don't like drinking wine, said it was grape juice. I said, that's not a miracle if it's a grape juice because wine takes time to ferment. And suddenly it became wine. And they said, the guest said, this is the best. You saved the best for last. But if it's grape juice, I can do that. Give me powder. huh? <laughs> Give me powder and I'll just sprinkle some. And it'll turn violet like grapes. No, no, this was a real miracle of God. The good thing about reading Exodus is you know that you have a powerful God. If God is powerful, then... He can take care of you until your last day on earth. His will shall be done. Application. We must hear from God by studying God's word. Accuracy should be our goal. As Moses was sent to, to speak, he should be clear in his mind what God wanted to say exactly. And that's a good thing about Moses at this stage. He did exactly as God said. Even though there are times he was depressed, he did exactly as God said. And God will give him victory. In the modern time, we have to know what God said in his word and speak it to our lives. Speak it to people around us. Our motto in GCF, which we adopted from the founders of Ortigas, Know Christ and make him known to know him through his word and make him known to others even if people refuse that does not mean that we should stop if people reject us that doesn't mean we should stop sharing God's word people may continue to refuse God's word or they might finally surrender to God we don't know Pharaoh could have surrendered okay take the people but he would not if people surrender their lives to God, praise God. If not, I'd like to say it is not yet time. It is not yet time. Be persistent, be prayerful. It is not yet time. Either way, we should focus on what he commands us to do. Live his word and speak his word. Number three, our job is to preach the gospel. It is not our job to save souls. Yes, salvation happens when somebody receives the gospel by faith, by grace through faith. 
once somebody trusts and trusts, trusts faith, his life to Christ, salvation happens. We are justified by faith. The just shall live by faith. Faith not meaning a set of beliefs. Faith meaning trusting him and what he did. Saying no longer am I the master of my life. I have God as my master and king and father and savior and lord. Everything. We speak that because salvation happens. His Holy Spirit will do the rest of the work in his will, in his time and in his way. He shall work in the lives of others. I am trusting that God will, is continually working in my life and in my family. And in family, you actually see the imperfections of one another. But if you can see them and pray and trust God, you are still at work. Amen. And then be patient with one another. That is fantastic. So far in the years, growing children. Growing children is very hard. Do you believe? It's harder than raising goats and pigs, chickens. Chickens are easy. Children are different. Each one is unique. That's why each one must be treated uniquely. It's not one standardized fathering for all. The rules may be the same, but the approach would be different for each one. Of course, as children were growing, children are basically selfish. Babies, you know, they want to get toys for themselves. It's in the nature. The fallen nature of Adam is there already once they were born. But then you teach them to share. Teach them to be selfless. Teach them to give in to one another. Defer, show deference to one another. Then teaching them to respect one another. Then teaching them just be quiet. We still have a long way to go, but praise God, I have seen marvelous improvement of myself. Because before, I would But after a while, you learn that God is patient with them. Therefore, I must be patient with them. Because God is patient with me. And God shows me, you too, huh? You too, tigas ulo minsan, huh? We trust God. Friends, whatever our mission is, it must be founded in God's word. Moses can't go to Israel and face Pharaoh and suddenly his faith would be rocked in the middle of a mission he would take on. Right? I think a week ago there was this viral news that one Christian composer and lead singer that actually defined one church said his faith was shaky. And I read the article. He had questions so basic to the faith. And he was saying, nobody's talking about this. You belong to a supposedly respected church and you said, nobody's talking about it? So this, this other theologian Dr. Brown, I may not agree with everything Dr. Brown says, but I agree in a lot of things. And one of the things he said, what, in what world are you living in? We've been talking about, there are tons of books about your questions. 
If I ask you the question, how can a good God send people to hell? You understand that if you study Romans. If you don't study Romans, you don't understand that. I said, oh boy. Because this guy who is not founded in the word was given a platform to speak. And then the founder came out and said, oh, but he's not the leader. He's not a leader? You give him a platform to influence the world and you say he's not your leader? That's why we here, when we say you come up here, finish at least the New Testament, understand it, study it. If you have questions, your faith is shaky, then don't even stand here. Some are easily rocked by scientific claims that are not truly scientific. And we have been preaching about that when we studied Genesis. And said, your faith is rocked by that? What can shock you? What can rock your faith? What? The answer should be nothing. Nothing. What if the one mentoring you and discipling you compromised and you saw that person not obey God? Will your faith be rocked? What if your parents are bringing you here, have a hard time in their marriage? And you thought they were examples. Will that rock your faith? That's why we keep saying the foundation is Christ and his word, not people. Please, not me. So in advance, I'm telling you, I am not perfect. I'm just like you. I just want to lead you to serve God together. To learn of the scriptures together. Leaders in church, simply that. We serve one another, but we lead in the service, in serving God, in studying about Him, in listening to people, in praying to people. But none is perfect. So please stop it. Oh, kala ko pa naman, ganun siya, ganito pala. Eh, may sarili ka kasing guni-guni. Don't create a picture of God that is not God. Does God kill people? Read the Old Testament, my friend. Oh, yes, he does. Even in the New Testament. Does he have the right to do so? I believe he does. If you understand divine justice, that is biblical. Yes, these are difficult things to fathom for some. But once we study again and be patient, critically, Looking at scripture. And when I say critically, it's still hungry to learn. But you're saying, okay, does this contradict with this? Look at it. Don't evade it. Study it. As I say to people, how to study the Bible is looking for the intent of the author. The intent of the author is the inspired word of God. That is infallible, what God put in their hearts. And at that time, at that moment, they wrote. The person who wrote is not infallible. They make mistakes. But the moment they wrote that letter, we believe that is infallible. 
No, no, the, the, the Bible may record things. If you look in Chronicles and Kings, there's some places that say 4,000 chariots, and there's a place that says 40,000 chariots, which is right, describing the same king. But that's not the intent. The intent of the author is not to be accurate perfectly. The intent of the author was to tell the story. If a king loved God, his country would prosper. If a king defied God, the country would suffer. That was the intent of Chronicles and Kings. Clearly, we don't go beyond that. No, no, no. Philosophy-wise, it's united. It's infallible. It's well-connected. Around 40 authors in 1,500 years. Different continents, different languages. They wrote what they believed God wanted them to write at that moment. And their works, not all their works, portions of their works were seen as inspired by God. Put them all together. They do not contradict in intent. They do not contradict in philosophy and perspective. They might contradict in recording. Jesus said to Peter, you will deny me. One said, one cock crowed. Peter denied. The other author said, two. I heard two. One heard one, the other heard two. The point is, it's not the point they're contradicting. The point is, Peter denied Christ. Because Jesus said, you will deny me. Peter said, no way. You will deny me later. The point is, Peter denied. It's not whether there were two chickens or one chicken. You see, the arguments are against Christianity are this shallow. Brother, help me watch the others. Brother, I need you. Nobody stands here. They're not founded in God's word. No preacher stands here. They have to go through me. And they can evaluate me. That's how it works. Like Moses, no scriptures. And if God sends you to a Pharaoh, you're not afraid of rejection. You're not afraid of their status. You can speak to Pharaoh. Let my people go. You can speak to others. Come, receive thou right now the gospel of Jesus Christ in your heart. Have faith in him. And not be afraid of rejection. We can share to our classmates. We can share to our family members. Sometimes you might think, will they believe me? I was so bad in my life before. I was like the worst man who ever lived. Don't worry about rejection. Just keep sharing. They will see your change because the people around you saw your change already. Amen? God's word is God's word. <clears throat> so, friends, if you have not taken the study of Romans, you can study it by yourself. But then hope you join us. Part two will be on Wednesday. It's a holiday. Uh, yes, I've, I've changed a lot from the first ones. So one of our pastors said, Oh, binago mo pala. Kung yung unang-unang nakita mo, marami na akong binago. Hindi ko nang binago. I expanded it to put more details. Uh, and then the Ephesian mystery. We need to be grounded in God's word.
Nothing should move us. Amen? Let's all rise and let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. We ask for your abundant grace to flow in everyone. Like Moses, Lord, give us the courage to face our pharaohs in our lives, our difficult situations. To those who try to challenge our family, we speak to the spiritual powers, leave in Jesus' name. Let God's people go in Jesus' name. To the problems in our families, we pray, mercy and abundant grace may there be. <clears throat> Forgive us of our sins, Lord. Cleanse us from unrighteousness. And we pray, Lord, give us confidence in your word. And teach us not to be like Pharaoh who would reject your word, but more like Moses who would follow you, even though at times he was discouraged. He followed your word to the dot at this reading of ours. Father, we thank you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of his spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. God bless you.